1: You're listening to Working, the show about what people do all day. I'm your host, Jordan Weissman, and I would like to welcome you back for one more summer playtime-themed edition of the show. And before I get into who I'll be interviewing on today's episode, I want to do a little bit of housekeeping. So last week, while I was talking to Mark Rosewater, the head designer for Magic the Gathering, you may remember that he mentioned that they have an in-house economist at Wizards of the Coast. And I just immediately perked up. And I really want to interview this person. Unfortunately, fate was not on our side. And we could not get an interview scheduled for this week. It just schedules did not match up. This is something, even though we are moving away from the world of Magic the Gathering for a bit, in the future I might like to do. So if you guys were enjoying that little two-episode run and would like to hear more about it and would like to hear specifically from The Economist at Wizards of the Coast, which is a job that, for obvious reasons, given that I am an economics writer who is also a complete nerd, find fascinating, if you would also like to hear that interview, send me an email. Tell me. I'm at slate.com. If you don't want to hear that interview and you want us to just move on to other stuff, send us an email at slate.com. And now, with that behind us, This week, who am I talking to? We're going to the world of Monopoly, probably one of your favorite board games. Well, either you love it or hate it because it took way too long to finish a game when you were a kid. But I'm talking with Jennifer Boswinkle, and technically her title is Senior Director in Charge of Monopoly at Hasbro. Really, as she says on the show, she is the queen of Monopoly. She is in charge of keeping the game fresh and making sure sales keep growing. And frankly, talking about this familiar game that everyone knows everyone has played to someone who just you know really thinks about it in business terms was kind of fascinating and weird for me it really made the familiar feel unfamiliar and frankly i hope you get that weird sensation too because it it felt like i was getting a totally different perspective on a product that most of us know i hope you enjoy what is your name and what do you do
0: So my name is Jennifer Boswinkle, and I'm currently the senior director at Hasbro running the Monopoly brand.
1: You run Monopoly. You are the monopolist.
0: I am the queen of all things Monopoly right now. It is quite the job at Hasbro with a brand that's 84 years old. We constantly are looking for what can we do new, and every person I ever meet says what do you do on Monopoly? There's just so many things that we can uncover in this game.
1: What does it mean to to run Monopoly? It may be the most well-known board game at this point in America.
0: It is definitely the most well-known board game in America and actually in the world. It's in over 60 countries in over 40 different languages. And everybody thinks Monopoly was made for them in the country that they live in because there's different Board spaces for each one. So, if you grew up in the US, you of course have Park, Place, and Boardwalk, and other markets have different locations as their Park, Place, and Boardwalk.
1: So, how would you break down the pieces of your job? What does it mean to run this game, to be kind of the overseer of it, the queen of it, as you put it?
0: The queen of Monopoly. So, we kind of look at the brand from the board up to kind of use a double entendre there between Monopoly. So, within the game, there's classic elements that we have been handed down from other brand managers and consumers within you know, the jail space, pass and go, collect $200, free parking. Um, so we take all the classic elements with the tokens, and then we look at the game and say, this year, how do we give it a new, fresh overhaul for consumers today? How do we make it as modern and relevant, as fun, as if the board game Monopoly was invented today? And okay. we have so many different versions and iterations that we can bring to market.
1: So your, your job is to keep coming up with fresh spins on Monopoly.
0: Fresh spins from board games at retail to digital gaming experiences. If you've seen it in the slot machines at casinos, everybody's heard of the McDonald's promotion. How do you make Monopoly feel like everybody can be part of the brand?
1: Wait, they're, they're Monopoly slot machines?
0: Lots of slot machines. There's scratch tickets, casino machines, different versions of it. We have a ton of online as well, and then all of our mobile games. So everybody can play Monopoly wherever they are.
1: And so it's your job to kind of oversee the brand extension of of Monopoly, of this 84-year-old game.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I... I lead the marketing team, and we have teams that work on product development with us. We have licensed partners that create these games using the essence of Monopoly, and we meet with them regularly and go through everything that we can bring to life and make sure that any person looking at it feels like this Monopoly was created for me.
1: So what are some examples of new Monopoly spin-offs, takes, versions that you've come up with lately?
0: So we, of course, have classic Monopoly, which everybody knows, not everybody loves, you know, the classic Game can take hours, or if you play it with the rules, maybe two hours. So, we want to make sure with consumers today they have less time in their day and they can be fan groups and have grown up with Monopoly. So, this past spring we launched our Game of Thrones edition. And it was the first time we added a music "Try Me" in the package, so it plays the theme song from the show. It was a great hit with fans.
1: Wait, wait, so when, does it, game wait of thrugs, when does it play fans? the theme song? Like when you is it when you like roll the dice? The the, the, the da da yeah. da da. Get to, what? How does this work?
0: So we have a throne in the game that's part of it. The cards are on the throne, and then it's part of the gameplay experience. So you hear the theme song over and over again to feel like you're having that moment.
1: Every time you pick up a community chest card, that's... (laughs) You hear Yep, they, that's what this. you're going to hear. Oh, my God. OK, so you're so Game of Thrones Monopoly is the sort of thing that you are responsible for bringing into the world.
0: Yep. We have um, a version we came out last year called Monopoly the Cheaters Edition. OK. So we know that when people play Monopoly, over 50 percent of them cheat when they play a game of Monopoly.
1: Yeah. What do you mean by cheat? <laughs> like what counts as cheating?
0: Stealing money from the bank, rolling a six but going seven spaces, swapping tokens, switching community chess cards on your player. Someone gets up to go to the bathroom and they might take skim some off the top.
1: (laughs) Is there like a survey where you're like, are you a filthy cheater when you play this? How do you find that out?
0: (laughs) Yep. We did a survey. We talked to over a thousand people and these are the people that admitted to cheating. So imagine the people that took the survey actually cheated, but then didn't tell us they cheated. (laughs)
1: Okay. What is the cheater's edition?
0: So the cheater's edition comes with cheat cards that you play during the game to see if you can get away with cheats. And if you don't get away with cheats and someone catches you, you actually get handcuffed to the board.
1: Like physically handcuffed to the board? Actual? Actually, There's a pair of handcuffs.
0: You have a single handcuff that's clipped to the board and you'll be handcuffed if someone you're playing with catches you cheating and we're asking you to cheat we give you cheat cards and then you get caught you get cuffed.
1: This feels like instead of the monopoly man it should be a picture of like Bernie Madoff or something on the on the on the game.
0: Yeah, so we got a lot of feedback on that, you know, parents love to hate it, but it's really a fun game and it teaches you what cheating is about and then that you're not supposed to do cheating.
1: All right, so this is the sort of thing that your your job entails, is coming up with these new versions of this classic game that you can kind of keep, I guess, keep sales going. I mean, you sit atop all this. You're at the head of it. I mean, what does your day actually consist of? You show up on a Monday. What are you doing?
0: So I get into work. I have, on the marketing side, my team. So I ask everybody how their weekend's going. You know, what are we going to tackle for the week? And then we have a 9 a.m. meeting to go through everything we need to accomplish. Mm -hmm. So right now we're in 2019. And yes, I say that because we're a couple years out. So right now we have marketing plans in place so that people know about our brand new games coming out for 2019. We have a product development team with design and engineering and packaging and brand writing and our team with marketing. And we're coming up with all of the games for 2020. And then we're ideating right now and planning for what we can bring for 2021. So our team is kind of living three years right now of how do we bring to fruition to retail brand new games with marketing plans. So right now, we're actually working on marketing campaigns that are going to go live in the next 30 to 60 days. So majority of my day today has actually been looking at real-time marketing plans and how we're going to execute them. And then I just had a meeting on reviewing our biggest new news for fall 2020.
1: How many people are on your team?
0: My direct team right now is nine people. We have four within Monopoly. And then we have another team which are our trendsetters and our entertainment team. So like the Game of Thrones version, we just announced we have a new Stranger Things version coming out. We had a Toy Story version, our Lion King version's off to a start. So we have a whole team that works with our partners to make sure we take their brands and make it very unique and different for each Monopoly version that we bring to market.
2: Rules and restrictions may apply.
1: Wait, I want to go through that again. You've got a Game of Thrones version, a Stranger Things version, a Lion King version. I mean, this sounds like a list of every huge entertainment property that, that has come out in like the last three years, or <laughs> sort of. Is that sort of the name of the game here?
0: Yeah, so it's very exciting. We want to be as topical. And make sure that Monopoly is part of everyday life with all the brands that everybody knows and loves. So whether it's a TV show that they're streaming, a movie, or just an experience that they want to be part of we want to make sure Monopoly's there to capture new fans and be part of that experience.
1: How does Game of Thrones or Lion King Monopoly happen? Is there is there someone, does that come from Hasbro going to Disney or to HBO or do, do they come to you?
0: Yeah, so it's a little bit of both. We love working with all our partners. When we see something that we feel like is big enough that we want to be part of, we call them up and we see if they want to be part of Monopoly or vice versa and they call us and We've worked with Disney and Marvel and Lucas for a long time, so we've had multiple versions of different Star Wars experiences, and we felt like this year with Avengers and the Endgame, we wanted to do a really special version with all of the tokens, so we did a a more premium version that you know, sold out upon launch when we timed it with the movie. So it's working with all these different partners. We want to be a part of their experiences and they want to be part of Monopoly, which is great.
1: The Avengers version, were you trying to like, instead of utilities, you're trying to get power stones or what what were you collecting exactly?
0: Yeah. So each game is different depending on the property and the story we're trying to tell. That one, we actually had 13 tokens that were all of the different Avengers. So it was kind of their last time where they were going to assemble. And then we couldn't give away any of the plot twists. So we waited and launched with Marvel with the movie. So you'll have to check that one
1: out. Okay. So you worked with Marvel to kind of create a commemorative version. And, and it, this sold out.
0: Yeah. And it's on shelf today. We're we're getting back in stock depending on which location you're looking for it.
1: Who is the audience buying that? I mean, well, you're a marketing person. You have to know. So who who is buying the Avengers? Monopoly.
0: So it's kind of a mix. It's kind of for everyone. I feel like they're, the Marvel fandom has definitely broadened and we see it more of as a family experience across all of our brands. So we want to make sure we're as inclusive as possible. And we look at the age grades and the play experience. So some games are eight plus, some are 10 plus, some are 13 plus, and it kind of depends on the content. So if Stranger Things is for an older audience, we want to make sure we're targeting adults or Millennials, or anyone fan of the show. And then Avengers, we went a little bit more of a collector route, but we really wanted to be family-friendly and make sure kids could join in as well. So we make the gameplay, and we have a team here, and we'll play the games, and we test them over and over and over to make sure that everyone can play. And then we bring in people to test them with us as well, so that by the time you guys all play the game of Monopoly... Believe it or not, the math has to work so you can get a winner at the end.
1: Wait, so you're you're changing the rules for each version of these? in some way.
0: Yes. So every version is unique. In the past, we've made versions where you take classic Monopoly and, you know, we could reskin them. But moving forward and what's really working in the brand and why we're having so much momentum is because the versions are unique and custom for each edition that we create.
1: So you're not just like replacing Park Place with Winterfell. You're actually changing the gameplay in some meaningful way for each of these. It's not just the design of the game, but it's actually the gameplay that you're rethinking a bit.
0: Exactly. So let me give you just one example. So we launched this game in the fall called Monopoly for Millennials.
1: Is there avocado toast involved? Like what's what
0: there? Is, it's there like you is can't. Is the, joke,
1: is the joke that you like can't afford any of the real estate because your student loans? Like how,
0: what is, yep. what
1: the hell is so Monopoly for Millennials?
0: On the front of the box, it says forget real estate. You can't afford it anyway.
1: Are you serious?
0: I'm dead serious. We've got a lot of. Press about it and it made a lot of millennials upset because it was truce. It's part of what we feel like is why this game has triggered so many people. But the gameplay is all about collecting experiences, you're not collecting properties. And you go around the board and you start, and you can sleep in your parents' basement or you can start on your friend's couch. And then you get towards the end and you can go to your Three-day music festival.
1: Whose idea? I want to drill down into this one. We've kind of been talking generally about this operation. I I think we're going to drill down into this game in particular to understand your role in how everything gets produced. So where did Monopoly for Millennials come from? Like, where was, where is the, how did that gestate?
0: It starts with marketing and our game designers and our product designers. And we go through a list We do a lot of social listening to see everything that's popping up, either on podcasts, on Twitter, on Instagram, Facebook. What are people talking about? What's bothering them? Something that we could tap into. And the entire subject of millennials continues to be something that was trending. Well, there are a lot of us. Yeah. (laughs) There is a lot of us. You are correct. I am technically one of them. And we kind of went through and said, you know what, it's time to have fun with this whole entire subject. So we put Mr. Monopoly on the front of pack with turquoise sunglasses on and a participation ribbon on front and center, collecting avocados. And it's just fun to play. And the content in there is all about opening it up and laughing about it. And you get... You know, points, you run out of gas because you pushed it all the way down to the end and you lost $10 because you can't get to your friend's house to finish the game.
1: (laughs) Wait, so tell me about how you shepherded this into existence. Who was the one who said, let's do Monopoly for Millennials?
0: Yeah, so I definitely came from our design team. We felt like it was a subject that we wanted to push through. We went through everyone at Hasbro and we started it and we call them exclusives when we launch something with just one retailer. So we actually launched it with Walmart last November.
1: okay, And
0: the game sold out in 10 days.
1: This is ironic. You gave Walmart a monopoly over the new Monopoly game.
0: Yep. For millennials, (laughs) which a lot of people said you should have just, you know, sold it on Amazon. And when we had a lot of these ideas, we shepherded them through and we pitched them to our partners. And they felt like this was one that they feel like they could really get behind because their consumers, probably our parents or us, And they like the idea of gifting this idea to their kids or millennials. And everybody kind of flocked to Walmart.com and Walmart and found it.
1: Yeah, wait, this sounds like a hate gift from like a boomer uncle (laughs) to like their their like millennial like nephew or something or a parent to a kid who they, they just want to troll. But okay, so you you get the idea from your design team. And then what do you do with it? Like, what's your what's that meeting like? Is it a pitch meeting where you say, oh, that's a good one. I'm going to take that up the ladder in corporate or, or what happens there?
0: Exactly. So we start to pitch the idea. We pull together how many people are talking about it. What are we seeing that's trending? What other things are happening? Why we feel like this is the right time for this game now. And then we pitch it all the way up to the ladder to get alignment. And then we start to pitch out to our retailers. And when a game feels like it's a good fit, Everybody gets on board really quickly. And you feel that when you go through these different pitch meetings of, you know, ideas that aren't as strong or wait on this idea. It's not strong now. Or, you know what, that trend kind of passed. Maybe we should hold on that. So the whole team just constantly is going through new things we can bring to fruition with different game ideas.
1: OK, so your your job is to get in front of a, a slide deck and make the pitch. Am I right? Is that sort of like your yes. role there? Or who are you pitching to when you go up the ladder?
0: So it goes to our president our CMO, and our CEO, and then we pitch out to our regions, so we have to get alignment. I work on the global side, so we drive marketing and product development, and then I have counterparts that sit in the United States, Canada, all of Europe, Asia Pacific, and Latin America. And we make sure that our ideas are broad enough to feel like they were new for consumers there as well.
1: Okay. So you're the one who has to go in front of the the CMO and the president and say, Monopoly for Millennials is where it's at. What's that pitch like? What's that meeting like? Take me inside it.
0: So we take them through the state of the business. We always want to show where the brand is working and where we're tracking to and how we're going to get to our numbers for the year. And we go through new ideas, how many it's going to take to get there, and where do we feel like there's gaps in our forecast so if we have you know two new big games a year which we drive a monopoly and then we have a lot of different iterations that support it how do we make sure the game we're showing is our biggest idea for our biggest season and there's a lot of discussion about it we'll go through some ideas and we get a lot of good feedback and then from there we just kind of make it happen
1: okay you just make it happen
0: Yep. Make it happen.
1: (laughs) Make it happen. Just that's like all right. Yeah. Just make make something out of nothing. So you have a certain you you have a certain number that you're supposed to hit. That's like kind of your guideline as as a as a department. You have a you have a sales target essentially.
0: Yeah. So we'll look at where the brand ended each year and you know, how do we grow it and do better? So in 2018, Monopoly had its best year ever, 83 years as part of the brand. And We want to make sure that we're fueling this desire for everybody to have this Monopoly play experience and make it part of either Monopoly Junior, so you can get into the brand when you're five or six years old, and then Monopoly Classic. And then we had our um, Fortnite version last year as well. So it's finding new audiences
1: Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, so you've got a sales goal and sort of an overall you know cultural goals you want to see monopoly in as many places as possible and then you go to your president and cmo and you say do you say we think that the market for millennial monopoly is x size that it'll move this number of units or is it not that specific
0: yep no what is that specific so we go through a lot of projections to figure out how we could get there and how many games we're going to sell and we sell millions of monopoly games a year globally so it's kind of how do you rely on balancing your portfolio to make sure you have enough newness in the market and all the classics and carry forwards, we call them carry forwards. So like Monopoly Junior, it's been in the market for a long time to get new kids into the brand. So we have to make sure we have a balance between the Monopoly's you know, classic and our Monopoly Junior experience so everyone can be part of Monopoly at a different stage in their
1: life. How many Monopolies do you sell in a year?
0: So last year... We made over 25 different versions of Monopoly that were new. So we can't disclose how many units we sold, but it's over millions when you think of 25 different Monopolies that we brought to market.
1: What's the best seller? Is it the Monopoly Classic or Monopoly Junior, or is it something like Millennial or Game of Thrones Monopoly?
0: So it's always classic it's kind of, you know, when you've talked to everyone in different industries, I call it like our bread and butter. It's our number one skew. We never want to lose focus on that game because it's everybody's, you know, first game in. You can't really play a new version of Monopoly unless you really get to play classic once or twice. So we want to make sure that one's always front and center. And it's kind of our our gold standard. And then the other ones just help build new audiences once someone has learned the game of Monopoly.
1: I see. So it keeps them coming back. Yeah. What would you say is... Has been like your biggest Monopoly triumph.
0: I wish we were doing this in six months because we have so many new ones coming down the pike that we haven't launched yet. So we might have to do a check back in. But the one that's just launched now that I've worked on with the team for the last year is called Monopoly Voice Banking.
1: Voice Banking?
0: Voice banking. So it's a brand new experience. It's dialing in on the trend that everybody has these voice-activated devices in their house. And we made a top hat in the middle with Mr. Monopoly's voice, and it does all the banking for you.
1: Wait, so it's like instead of Alexa, you have Mr. Monopoly? Yes. Is it like secretly surveilling me and sending like my conversations back to Hasbro?
0: No. And I can (laughs) tell you because it's not Wi-Fi connected. It's all enclosed in the hat because we knew parents were going to be concerned about that. But we wanted kids to be able to have this experience with voice activation, which we know they love on other devices. So it's not connected. Okay. And it can recognize up to four players' voices in the hat. And it's self-contained.
1: Interesting. So you guys made an electronic talking hat that will, like, you can say something and it will, it will do the bank. Do, do you actually still have paper money, like, or is it all, is it all like on a debit card now? It's
0: not even in a debit card. It's all with the power of your voice.
1: Like, you can just ask, "How much money do I have?" Yes. And it'll just, it'll tell you. It's and you can say, "Hey, give Tom like twenty bucks because I landed on." I, I don't. Is it all the same places on that board?
0: Yeah. So um, it's four players, and everyone can pick their token, and the the unit will know if you and I swap a property, or I auction off something, or I owe you $100, you all do it with the press of a button on the top of the hat and use your voice to tell the unit how much money we owe each other, and the top hat will do all the banking for you.
1: Oh, so like Monopoly's really moved into like the era of online banking and sort of automatic, automatic transactions
0: got to be where the kids are.
1: I don't know if that breaks my heart or if I find that exciting. I honestly <laughs> I honestly can't tell. All right. That is the sort of thing you've been working on and is again like where does where does the idea for the talking top hat come from?
0: Similar meaning. So we were in a pitch meeting looking at other trends that were happening and said voice recognition is here to stay. It's part of everybody's life and it's growing at this rapid pace yeah so how do we bring a gameplay experience to kids today that are familiar with voice technology and make a monopoly game as if it was created for kids today it would have that technology in it
1: do you have like a creative team that just like sits around and like tries to dream up this stuff like mad men style like they're just sitting in a room tearing out their hair out be like what's the next monopoly thing or like is it mostly just you know brands coming to you and say like What's the balance there?
0: It's a great question. We do that a lot. So you asked about my day-to-day. We have whiteboards, and we sit in our office, and we go through trending subjects. Which ones do we like this week? Which ones do we not want to do? Can we make a game out of this? How do we bring this to life? And the design team takes those ideas and comes back with a playable example, and we sit down two days later and say, is this fun? Can we add more gameplay to this? Or should we try a new idea?
1: You, you've mentioned tracking trends a bunch, like saying, what what's trending? How are you doing that? What data are you looking at? What services are you using? What, what do you mean when you say you're tracking a trend or looking for the big trends that everyone's talking about?
0: So it's definitely, you know, a team effort on our side and everybody's passionate about this. So we have different departments here that drive consumer insights. What are kids talking about? What are adults talking about? What are they playing together And then we have services that we partner with. So a lot of that is kind of our proprietary information of how we find the next best thing. And some of these trends are, you know, for older audiences and may not be a perfect fit with 10-year-olds or 11-year-olds. And then some things start, you know, with 10-year-olds. So it's looking at where these trends start and, you know, following the path to see, you know, what spikes when. And sometimes we're right at the right time. And sometimes we're a little late. And sometimes we're a little early.
1: I'm still trying to understand what it means for you to be like tracking a trend for 10-year-olds. What information is being given to you? Is it is it a memo or a spreadsheet or something or a graph? Like what is it you are looking at and in- ingesting?
0: So a lot of it is graphs, I would say, like actually looking at the information. We're usually in a database where okay. you can start searching by subject. And then we take a subject and we go back to our supporting insights team and we can go do a survey. We can go ask you know, a thousand kids or their parents with their kids' permission, if this is something that they like, that they talk about. A lot of things that happen we get from our employees and their families or their friends and families because if enough kids are talking about it, you know, we hear about it pretty quickly and we realize we should pivot and bring something to market.
1: Okay. So there's a little bit of database searching and a lot of like consumer research digging. And then there's... Also, just kind of gut instinct. Hey, my my nephew told me about this thing.
0: Yeah. And we always say, you know, party of one. If you're, you know, you have your gut feeling about something, or then you're a family of two or three or four, depending on if you have kids' input or not. And then when you see multiple kids doing the same thing, and we bring kids to Hasbro every day, and every other Thursday, we have a group in here to play games with, and they're different kids. So they'll give us different, you know, things that they're into or subjects that they love. And one last year that we jumped on was Fortnite. I mean, everybody heard about Fortnite overnight and we made it into a monopoly game and we got to market really fast with it. And we were on trend and Fortnite continues to grow. So that's just an example of something that, we, you know, we heard in the database. We saw it in the trend reports. Every kid was telling us about it. Every kid's dad and mom was playing it with them. And all of a sudden overnight, everybody was talking about it. So we made it a game.
1: This group of kids you have come in and play the games regularly. This is like your, is this a regular returning group of kids or is it kind of rotating?
0: Uh, it rotates right now.
1: Okay, so you've got like a rotating focus group of children who come in and play these games.
0: And we have them in multiple locations. So even though we're here in Rhode Island, we have a group that's in the UK, and we have a couple in Asia. And then we have agencies that work with kids all over to make sure that we're getting insights from all the kids across the United States, not just one location. And then if we really have games that we want to go test... We'll go to multiple locations to visit with 30 or 50 kids and try something out. And just a couple weeks ago, I'm sure you're familiar with VidCon. So Hasbro Gaming had a big statement there and 30,000 kids and creators came through to see kind of what's new hot from us. And it's just another way for us to reach our fans.
1: Do the kids tend to prefer old Monopoly or new Monopoly versions?
0: So kids... They start in Classic, but they're always looking for the new Monopoly, and Mom and Dad are always comfortable with the Monopoly they know. So it's a balance on how much we change in the game, so that some families love to learn a new game together and have the essence of Monopoly Classic, and so we have a a fine balance of how far we change the game each time we make a new version.
1: I see. So you're looking for something that the whole family can play, so you can't push too far away from the old one, but... You need to keep it a little bit novel for the keep the kids' attention. Yep. Huh. I don't know if this is like a state secret or a trade secret I'm asking you to divulge mm-hmm. here, but it seems like you spend a lot of time just combing some kind of database for friends. What is that database?
0: It is a proprietary tool that Hasbro has, so I can't get into the details, but it feeds in from Anything that people are looking on a search on any platform, all the social media feeds into it as well. Yeah. And then we can quickly read if something starts to spike or it maintains over time.
1: As a media guy, this is fascinating to me. Asbro is some sort of proprietary social media and Google search tracking tool that tells you what people are chattering about. Yes. It's not like tangle or something like that. It's something that you guys have in-house and, and you use to kind of keep your finger on the pulse of the market.
0: Yep. Exactly.
1: Is that something that the marketing team like you guys yourself, you specifically are like partly in charge of or is that something else elsewhere in the company?
0: Yeah. So all of the marketing teams have access and anybody on my team and myself included can go in and just, you know, search for something or start to look at a trend or a movement depending on if a certain idea is trending and what we can do with it and if we want to turn it into a game or not.
1: Is it the kind of thing, because I'm referencing now the tools that journalists use when we try to figure out what stories are trending, is it the kind of thing where, like, you pop in and it's like, hey, Stranger Things, it's totally hot right now, like, it gives you a little alert about that, or is that you kind of have to put the word in and see it, and you have to go on your own hunch and look for it?
0: Yeah, no, it's a combination. We have a few different services and a few different areas that feed back to us, and Stranger Things is a great example because we partnered with Netflix last year to bring some games to market for season three. And we did some disruptive things we haven't done before from the Hasbro gaming team. So we have our Monopoly game that's coming out this fall, which is a new version. And then my other team on entertainment, we did a collaboration with Dungeons & Dragons to bring a module from the Upside Down. And we wrote a custom game and delivered that with a Demogorgon. And then our other game we were calling the Mini Arcade. It's 20 mini games in a mini arcade with Pac-Man. And Dig Dug. So if you've seen Stranger Things, you know they're in the arcade all the time. And season three, they're Mm -hmm. in the mall. And we created 16 mini games that are unique to Stranger Things that feel like they are created in the 80s. So we have the waffle mission in the game with Eleven. And we have the bike chase. It feels, you know, like another game you may be familiar with from the 80s. So we have the mini arcade. And then our third game we did was a Trivial Pursuit game. Back to the 80s. And it has one category about Stranger Things and then everything else is about the 80s, which is why, you know, that everybody loves going back to what the 80s felt like. And all the kids watching it now that didn't technically grow up from the 80s kind of love the 80s. So it's why the 80s are back.
1: So it sounds like the essence of your job is to look for a trend and say, how can we make that work with Monopoly? That's the goal.
0: Yep. So that's what we're doing now to make sure we stay topical with Monopoly and then make sure our team and I have a couple members on my team, make sure we continue to love Monopoly Classic, come up with new ways to promote Monopoly for fans today. Keep that one. And then our Monopoly Junior, we want to make sure we're always getting new fans and new families You know, there's a whole batch of kids every year that turn five or six and make sure that they get a Monopoly Junior so they can start playing as well.
1: Do you ever play the game like in your off hours, like with your family?
0: I do. I play a lot of games at work. My family thinks I have a competitive advantage because I play more games than them. But my mom actually found a photo. I was like nine or 10 years old and I on Christmas morning, had a big Monopoly game in front. So I feel like this is kind of destined for me. Looking back now, she found it.
1: All right. I appreciate you taking the time to come and chat with me. This has been fun.
0: Thanks so much for having us. This is great.
1: That is it for this week's episode of Working. I hope you enjoyed the show. As always, Working is produced by Jessamyn Molly. Special thank you to Justin D. Wright for the ad music I am going to tell you that if you liked it, you should leave a review at Apple Podcasts. I'm not going to give you the email address again, though, because I already did that twice at the beginning of the show. I'm Jordan Weissman. Catch us next week.